Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 248. It is Monday, November 16th, 2020. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and a new malware to worry about. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. Good morning and happy Monday. Welcome to another episode of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. Wherever you listen to this, if you could like, share, comment, or review, that would be spectacular. If you do that, we will return again next week, but I promise you next week will be a short week. And if you're in a HIPAA compliant business, you can go to Facebook and or LinkedIn, type Get HIPAA Compliance into the search, join the group where you share lots of HIPAA information, some HIPAA education, just HIPAA all day. All right, let's jump into it. Um, first up on KimCommando.com, Commando.com, sorry. It's K-O-M-A-N-D-O.com. This was reported on Saturday, Facebook security warning. Thousands of passwords are stolen. Stolen media, social media accounts are a hot commodity. On dark web marketplaces, the average Facebook account sells for $74.50, making social media a priority target for phishing scams and cyber criminals. Phishing campaigns make it easy to steal large quantities of login credentials at once. All scammers need to do is create a fake login page and trick victims into signing in. If cyber criminals aren't careful with their stolen data, they can easily blow their entire operation. A group of cyber criminals learned this the hard way after hosting thousands of Facebook logins on an unprotected database. Cybersecurity isn't just for the good guys after all. Security researchers with VPN Mentor found an unsecured database containing hundreds of thousands of stolen Facebook logins. The credentials were stolen as part of a widespread phishing operation targeting Facebook users with fake landing pages. The researchers who shared their findings with CNET believe the scammers used websites that offered fraudulent services to Facebook users, such as reports on who recently visited a user's page, which I I used to see that a lot. I don't see it as much anymore. Um, There is no way to do that. So... Just don't even waste your time clicking. Victims would log in with their usernames and passwords, thinking they were signing up for service only to have the data stolen and sent back to the cyber criminals. The massive amount of users in the database is shocking enough, but the scammers made a fatal mistake during their data heist. They forgot to add a password to the treasure trove of stolen data. So a mistake we see pretty often, pretty frequently on you know, AWS and, and on Azure. Um, not securing the database properly. Um, that being said, you should, if if you suspect that you are a victim of this, you should secure your password. What does that mean? Change your password to something complex. And um, if you use that password anywhere else, change it there too. You should not be using the same password on multiple platforms. But here's some tips to further secure your account you can add multi-factor authentication on Facebook and it will, you could set it up with one-time passwords or you could set it up to um, um, give you a, a, a message on your phone where you can approve the login, deny the login. You know, don't just use the password for, as the only line of defense for your Facebook or any account. All accounts should be using multiple 
multiple methods of authentication. So, uh, threat post Ticketmaster scores hefty fine over 2018 data breach. Ticketmaster's UK division has been slapped with a $1.65 million fine by the Information Commissioner's Office, ICO, in the UK over its 2018 data breach that impacted 9.4 million customers. The fine has been levied after the ICO found that the company failed to put appropriate security measures in place to prevent a cyber attack on chatbot installed on its online payment page, a failure which violates the EU's GDPR, General Data Protection Regulations. So you may have heard of the GDPR. Well, this breach uh, violates the terms of GDPR, and therefore uh, Ticketmaster was fined the equivalent of $1.65 million in um, in pounds. Um, what, so what I could tell you from this, what what is the takeaway here? So the United States does not have the, a version of the GDPR for the entire country yet. I believe it will happen at some point. But many states do have it. You know, California has the CCPA. I believe it's CCPA. New York has the Shield Law. Other states have their laws. If you operate in any of those states and this happens, then you are on the hook for a data breach. And you could face something similar, $1.65 million fine. Um, and actually, you know, that's... That's really not a lot, considering 9.4 million dollars were 9.4 million users were impacted by it. So I think they actually got off fairly easy, though they're probably hurting right now from COVID. So threat post also nation state attackers actively target COVID-19 vaccine makers. Three nation state cyber attack groups are actively attempting to hack companies involved in COVID-19 vaccine and treatment research. Researchers said Russia's APT28 Fancy Bear. Lazarus Group from North Korea and another North Korea-linked group dubbed Sirium are believed to be behind the ongoing assaults. According to Tom Burt, Corporate Vice President of Customer Security and Trust at Microsoft, said on Friday that Microsoft has seen ongoing cyber attacks against at least seven different targets spread out across the globe. The majority of the targets are vaccine makers that have advanced to various stages of clinical trials, Burt said, but one is a clinical research organization involved in trials and one developed a COVID-19 test. These are companies directly involved in researching vaccines and treatments for COVID-19, he wrote. In a blog post, the targets include leading pharmaceutical companies and vaccine researchers in Canada, France, India, South Korea, Korea, and the U.S. He added multiple organizations targeted have contracts with or investments from government agencies from various democratic countries for COVID-19 related work. At least some of the attacks have been successfully added, but a Microsoft spokesperson declined to say what that exactly means. It's unclear if the attackers were successful in initial compromise or in actually stealing research or other data. As for the advanced persistent threat actors involved, Russia's APT-28 group, which Microsoft calls Strontonium or Strontium, and which is also known as Fancy Bear or Sophacy, is using password spraying and brute force efforts to crack employee accounts, according to Microsoft Telemetry. So password spraying means they're just trying random passwords, hoping something works, and brute force is pretty much the same thing. Lazarus Group, meanwhile, called Zinc by Microsoft, is using spear phishing emails to accomplish credential theft, sending messages with fabricated job descriptions pretending to be recruiters. 
And as for Sirium, it too is using spear phishing emails, but in what, in that case, the messages masquerade as coming from World Health Organization. Um, so we have some attacks on the COVID-19 researchers, the vaccine researchers primarily. So bleeping computer retail giant Senso or Senko Sud hit by egregor ransomware attack stores impacted. Chilean-based multinational retail company Sensosud or Sencosud, C-E-N-C-O-S-U-D, has suffered a cyber attack by the egregor or egregor ransomware operation that impacts services at stores. Sencosud is one of the largest retail companies in Latin America with over 140,000 employees and $15 billion in revenue for 2019. Sencosud manages a wide variety of stores in Argentina, Brazil, Chile, Colombia, and Peru, including Easy Home Goods, Jumbo Supermarkets, and the Paris department stores. This weekend, Sud was hit with a ransomware attack that encrypted devices throughout their retail outlets and impacted the company's operations. According to Argentinian publisher Clarion, Retail stores are still open, but some services are impacted. For example, an easy store in Buenos Aires is displaying a sign warning customers that they are not accepting the Sud card, credit card, accepting returns, or allowing the pickup of web purchases due to technical problems. After learning of the attack, Bleep Computer obtained a ransom note and can confirm it was conducted by Grigor and targeted the Sud Windows domain. So it doesn't sound like they had very much security setup if this was that widespread, but Egregor is a ransomware as a service operation that began operating in the middle of September, just as another ransomware group known as Maze started shutting down their operations. Bleepy Computer has learned from threat actors that many hackers who partner with Maze are now working with Egregor. So that is interesting. So Maze is not dead, it's just evolved. Also Bleepy Computer Malwarebytes is kicking Windows printers offline. Over the past few weeks, Malwarebytes consumer and business users have complained that their Windows network printers keep getting kicked offline. The, the, this issue started around October 20th when an update caused Windows network printers to be blocked by the security software. When blocked, the printer will be shown as offline. To resolve the issue, users found they can do one of the following. Exit Malwarebytes before printing. Disable SNMP on the printer's port. Disable Malwarebytes web protection. Unfortunately, two out of the three options reduce your computer security and are not adequate solutions. So Malwarebytes has released a beta fix version 4.2.3.96 with component package 1.0.1112. Users can install the beta version by going to Malwarebytes settings, general, and enabling beta updates. And um, otherwise you'll have to do one of the above options, disabling SNMP or disabling your protection. Bleepy Computer hackers shared 3.2 million dollars, or yeah, not dollars. Hackers shared 3.2 million Pluto TV accounts for free on form. Hackers sharing what they state are 3.2 million Pluto TV user records that were stolen during a data breach. Pluto TV is an internet service, internet television service that lets you stream free TV shows with advertisements. The service has over 28 million members, and its mobile apps have been installed on over 10 million times. Over the past week, threat actors have been releasing user data bases for various commercial websites that were stolen during data breaches on HackerForum. All of these breaches are said to be done by a threat actor named Shiny Hunters, we've heard that name before, who has been responsible for 
numerous data breaches and a hack of Microsoft's private GitHub repository in the past. For the past few months, though, Shiny Hunters has disappeared and fewer data breaches have been reported. Since Shiny Hunters' reappearance, numerous data breaches have been confirmed, including Animal Jam, 123RF, we talked about 123RF on Friday, Geeky, Atletico, Wangne, Redmart, and many others. On Wednesday, a threat actor shared that they say what they say is a Pluto TV user database containing 3.2 million records. This data breach is once again attributed to Shiny Hunters. The samples of the databases seen by Bleep and Computer contain a member's display name, email address, bcrypt hash password, birthday, device platform, and IP address. The data in this breach appears to be two years old, with the latest record created on October 12, 2018. Bleepy Computer has confirmed that all of the email addresses shared on the sample are actual members of Pluto TV. This leads us to believe that the data breach is valid. In a statement to Bleepy Computer, though, Pluto TV has not confirmed if the data breach occurred and only that they were investigating. While at this time, we cannot verify the ver veracity of this claim, any attempt to compromise the security of our users, platform, or details are treated with the utmost priority. We are investigating the matter, Pluto TV told Bleepy Computer. As some of the exposed data has been confirmed as accurate, it does appear that legitimate info was exposed. Out of the abundance of caution, it is suggested that all Pluto TV users immediately change their passwords. If you use the same Pluto TV password at other sites, it is strongly recommended that you change them there as well. And you should use a password manager. The IRS, this is Bleeping Computer again, IRS announces move to protect businesses from identity theft. They are making a few moves, so this is a, a new one. We know that they will be setting, that they will be requiring, I'm not sure if it's two-factor authentication or multi-factor authentication, but they will be requiring it this coming tax season. And now this, the U.S. Internal Revenue Service has announced today that sensitive information will be masked on all business tax transcripts starting next month to protect companies from identity theft. Business identity theft happens when company owners or employees are impersonated by third parties in the process of committing fraud, such as illegally obtaining cash, credit, and loans, leaving the business to deal with resulting debts. The type of identity theft occurs after fraudsters gain access to a business's bank accounts and credit cards or following sensitive company information theft, including but not limited to, to tax identification numbers and owner's personal info. Moving to protect business taxpayers from identity theft, the Internal Revenue Service today announced that starting December 13th, it will begin masking sensitive data on business tax transcripts, the government agency said. Once sensitive data on tax transcripts will start being masked, the, RS says, the IRS says that the new tax transcripts will only show the following info, last four digits of employee identification number, uh, last four digits of any social security numbers or tax ID, tax ID numbers, last four digits of an account or telephone number, first four characters of the first and last name for any individuals, first three characters if the name has only four letters, first four characters of any name on the business name line, first six characters of the street address including space, all money amounts including wage and income balance, due interest and penalties. So that's uh, in, in addition to the two-factor authentication or multi-factor authentication, whichever one it's going to be, they are stepping up even more there. Also on Bleepy Computer, new Jupyter malware deals browser or steals browser data opens backdoor. So this is the new malware I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. Russian-speaking hackers have been using a new malware to steal information from their victors, victims named Jupyter, and it's spelled J-U-P-Y-T-E-R. 
The threat has kept a low profile and benefited from a fast development cycle. While Jupiter's purpose is to collect data from various software, the malicious code supporting its delivery can also be used to crack a backdoor on an affected system. A variant of the malware emerged during an incident response engagement in October at a university in the U.S., but forensic data indicates that the early versions have been developed since May. Researchers at cybersecurity company Morphosec discovered that the developers of the attack kit were highly active, some components receiving more than nine updates in a single month. The most recent version was created in early November, but it all does not include significant changes. The constant modification of the code, though, allows it to evade detection and enables Jupiter to collect more data from compromised systems, which is why you need a security software security solution that is anomaly-based, not definition-based. Jupiter is net, .NET based and focuses on stealing data from Chromium, Mozilla, Firefox, and Google Chrome, web browsers, cookies, credentials, certificates, autocomplete info, etc., which is why I tell people all the time, don't store that information in the browsers. Um, delivering the stealer starts with downloading an installer, Eno setup executable, and a zip archive that poses a legitimate software according to Morphosec. Some of these installers went fully undetected on the virus total scanning platform for the last six months. The installer leverages the process hollowing technique to inject into the memory of the process a .NET loader acting as the client for the command and control server. The client then downloads the next stage, a PowerShell command that executes the in-memory Jupyter.NET module, Morphosec explains. In a later version of the installer, the developers switch from process hollowing to a PowerShell command to run in memory. All these capabilities of the C2 client, downloading and executing malware, PowerShell scripts and commands, and the process hollowing technique enable the extended back backdoor functions. From what Morphosec observed, the initial installers that start the attack chain poses Microsoft Word documents and use the following names, the Electoral Process Worksheet, key.exe, Mathematical concepts, pre-calculus with application solutions, Excel pay, increased spreadsheet tutorial Bennett, and sample letter for emergency travel document. And those are all executables. Um, so, you know, if you receive any of those in an email, just you should just immediately delete it. And we have an update on Lexotica. We've reported on this a couple of times now. The number of... U.S. people impacted by this looks to be 829,454 individuals. So this will go down as a HIPAA breach. Um, likely to be some financial, I don't want to say penalties because we don't know yet, but there's, there's going to be some financial loss on Luxottica's part for sure because of this. Um, but 829,454 individuals were, were impacted by a breach on October 27th of 2020. They have been offered two-year complimentary membership to Kroll's Identity Theft Protection Service. Um, that is going to do it for this version of the pro or this edition of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. So until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.